Hello punters, Off The Map is back again for this week's Spring Champion Stakes Day at Randwick. My name is Brad Gray from Racing New South Wales. This is of course the show where we go through the speed maps for Saturday's racing, hopefully to give the punters a little bit of an edge in terms of where these horses might settle, uh, which ones are potentially suited in the run. Uh, Lee Dalton is the man that joins me each and every week. He puts together these maps so there's no better person to be speaking to. Good morning Brad, uh, thanks for for joining me to run through them this week. It's a good meeting. There's probably a couple of races there that are a bit light on for numbers, but there's no shortage of quality. So uh, definitely another strong meeting. We had that little bit of rain yesterday afternoon, which should just be absolutely perfect. Uh, sunny conditions today with light winds. That'll be sort of your drying conditions. And I'd expect a, a perfect track tomorrow as we head towards the Everest. We're only uh, eight days out, so it's going to be a crazy week next week, and the race still hasn't taken its full shape yet. There's a lot of question marks out there, and uh, everyone's on the edge of their seat and leading into it, and it's a very exciting time. Yeah, it is, of course, the Kosciuszko next week as well, and then we've got the Silver Eagle, which is the entree to the Golden Eagle in three weeks' time as well. That's there to be run at, at Randwick. So that'll give us a little bit of an idea as to who the horses will be the ones to beat coming into that particular race but we're going to start at the top end of this program race two the roman consul stakes group two set weights for the three-year-olds now this is a small field which probably lends itself to being a pretty tactical little affair here lee i think it will be i'd say an average tempo you've still got horses such as wild ruler and asamu who have good tactical speed so they're not going to crawl but we are back to a field of five losing montesira who will go around that core field Last time out in the Heritage, we did see Osamu have to work from Barrier 8 to get across and lead, which allowed Wild Ruler to stalk. Much better draw today for Osamu. I, I think it will take the sit off Wild Ruler here, and I think is much better suited being the chaser rather than the, 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 the bunny, so to speak. So that's how the front of the race looks. On the lead, got speed to use that draw and just get the box seat running third. Red Stiletto has the soft draw, lands fourth in a field of five and I'd imagine Doubtland's in the usual racing pattern back at the rear there with Red Stiletto but in saying that well within striking range not going to be 10 lengths off the lead or anything crazy like that. That said there's a there's not much between these top two in the market Wild Rule and Doubtland but looking at the shape of this race and the way it's likely to be run you'd have to think advantage Wild Ruler. I would say so yes definitely uh, Wild Ruler came back with that really good win and only going to be better for the run under the belt. Outland, however, has been to Melbourne down the straight, the Dane Hill, uh, the, the race was reasonably strong, so it, it, it's, a, it's not like we've seen them clash last time and we're dealing with the clear-cut position here, so map-wise it's wild ruler, but lining up the form with those two races is not so simple. All right, jumping across now to race three. Now, you've got this pegged as a slow, early tempo, and again, I'll just reiterate for the punters out there who are who are listening, you can get these speed maps if you want to follow along with us from the Racing New South Wales website. There's a little PDF up the top of the page if you click on the Randwick race meeting. Now, as I say, there's not a great deal of speed here, which looks a little bit dangerous for a horse like Crideris, who's the hard favourite. How does it set up? Oh, it sets up tricky, you're right. It's not a great draw for the favourite. And I think the second pick, Bound to Win, who we all saw at Randwick a few weeks back, bombed the start by six lengths. Mm. I'd say if Bound to Win begins here, which there's no reason to think it'll happen again, it's not something that Bound to Win really has in uh, her repertoire as such. I think if Bound to Win begins, goes straight forward and sits up outside the lead, or could even be the leader here, that wouldn't surprise me. 
We did see at the end of last prep over 1,500. Tommy Berry sent this mare forward uh, from barrier eight of nine at Rose Hill and was just nosed out by word for word. So it's definitely not going to be against the usual pattern for bound to win to go forward, and I'd be more than expecting that'll be the scenario here. And Cryodirus is a horse that looks relatively one-dimensional, maybe I'm being a, a, a touch unfair given how lightly raced he is, but to date, he's been an out-and-out backmarker. Absolutely, and even last time out, I did think that from the tricky draw, they try and find a spot three wide midfield with cover but was forced to go further back. I suppose, interesting to note, does drop all the way down to the 52.5 kilos today, so whether that means that there's a bit of a licence there for Rachel King to use him up a little bit early to make sure that you're not all the way back, uh, that's probably on the cards. I did think the stable mate Zach Catlin's in a beautiful spot here. Uh, another that had to go back off a wide draw last time over 1,200 to 1,400 metres, barrier two. I'd imagine Glenn Boss had uh, Zach Cat right up on the pace here in a really good position. Yeah, 52 and a half on Cryodirus back. It's something that the Godolphin juggernaut have done really well recently is throw these horses, just test them out of their grade a touch, but run them right down in the weights, throw Rachel King on and and generally it results in a win. Two other horses I want to touch on really quickly, Batiga. Uh, he's got the big weight. He was the flashing light first up, probably should have won. Is there a chance that he slides forward to be closer? Uh, I don't think so. Stays at 1,400 uh, second up, which is probably a little bit surprising. Mm. Uh, as you said, has the big weight, giving weight away, especially for the favoured runners in uh, Bound to Win and, and the Godolphin horse. So... I thought around midfield they'd be pretty happy. Yes, does have Nashville Willa, but I would have imagined a similar sort of run to what uh, Batiga had first ups on the cards here. And what do we make of this French import? Uh, a bit of synthetic form, really hard to line it up. A couple of really quiet trials for Chris Waller. James McDonald rides, barrier one. What can we expect from her, not only ability-wise, but in terms of where she could potentially sit in the run? Look, those last two wins in France... Uh, Sat outside the lead in the listed race there over 1,900 metres and prior to that at Nice uh, was able to take up the running and lead all the way on that occasion. They were 2,000 metres and 1,900 but she does have tactical speed. The two trials hasn't been asked to do a whole lot. Uh, I'd say midfield they come out pretty neutral and uh, hold a spot midfield if not a pair closer of a pretty slow tempo. I must say, I think she's got well above average ability, uh, including in that last run uh, in the listed race where successful. She just wanted to lay in a little bit under pressure, and I'd imagine Chris has ironed out a few of those little uh, habits that she may have had, which will allow her to go to another level. I don't know where she fits in here in Australia, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be a fair way above a, uh, a BM88 when we look back on this in probably six, nine months' time. Yeah, it might be an interesting one for punters just to watch the market and see what it does late with her. Race four is a 2,000-metre benchmark 78. You've got this pegged as a fast early tempo with Badouche coming across to, to sit outside of Rapido Shapara. Yes, I think there'll be a fair bit of hustle here early. Rapido Shapiro gets to the 2,000 metres, wasn't able to get into the usual on-speed spot last time out. Uh, Tim Clark on, does have the big weight, but it'll be going straight to the front. Badush is racing really well when able to get up on speed. Uh, so positive there from Abdullah from the wide draw. Quintessa goes straight into the box seat. and Mate of all, blinkers first time. Uh, I think it'll be the day where they really let Mate of all go tended to over-race a little bit two starts ago and then didn't find much last time. I think Mate of All goes forward. And you could even have Zakata pushing on here from a wide draw. 
has the apprentice rider on. Led last time, that was 2,400 in a slowly run race that was lacking a leader. But they might say, well, we got beaten 1.6 lengths and we went pretty well. It was a group three. Let's push the button and go for it again, even though we're back in trip. She's ideal. Uh, she's hard in the market. She's been hitting the line really sweetly a couple of slowly run races, and last time out she just got too far out of her ground. The barrier draw doesn't look to do her any favours. Does it mean they just have to take their medicine and hope that this speed is hot enough for her to get home? I think that'll be the plan. Early on, I had She's Ideal pegged as a bit of an on-pacer, um, but the last bit of runs, last time in particular when going way back, uh, I think she's better suited sitting back off that fast tempo here, and even with Nash on, who's more of a positive rider, I think they'll be back worth some midfield here off that very fast tempo. All right, Stan Fox is the next race we'll have a look at. There's a sprinkling of Golden Rose form here. We've lost Mamoragan. He, of course, runs down at, at Caulfield. But we've got Peltzer in the field. Uh, he is a horse that has a bit of quality. Uh, he's run against the, the A graders. I did know that Gerald Ryan said throughout the week, though, that they'd like to ride him a lot closer here, which we saw as an early two-year-old. He led and won races quite well. He's found himself in the colour hectically run races, as I say, against the, the top-tier three-year-olds here. Uh, don't be surprised if he leads, but you you think that they'll probably take a seat with Jet Propulsion, the likely leader. Oh, Jet Propulsion's a leader for mine, but you have got Tim Clark going on to Pelch, so that's a usual signal from any stable that we're going forward and we're going to be aggressive here. Tim's a genius at getting them out of the, the barriers, so yep. they're your leading options, Pelch, Jet Propulsion. I just said with Jet Propulsion... Uh, your best chance here is to be super positive early and make them catch you. I, I, I think Jeff Propulsion is more of a uh, the one pace type than Peltzer, and the best chance to win this race would be leading and trying to really get them off the bit early. So that was my thinking. Stable probably thinking completely different, but uh, that's the, the fascination of this game and why we all continue to front up every week and try and put hmm. the puzzle together. And what do you make of Prime Star? He's jumping 1,200 to 1,500. They ride him on the conservative side, you'd imagine, just to make sure he sees it right out, because he's a horse with a, a pretty wicked turn of foot. Absolutely, and being able to take up positions as a two-year-old, uh, set up second at uh, Newcastle there in the maiden before riding a really strong speed in the Millennium when dropped back to 1,100 metres there at Warwick Farm, the big $2 million English Millennium. Uh, had the few runs back here, so fitness isn't a concern, but I thought they'd come out somewhat neutral. I think you'll settle in front of horses like acrophobic and Sammy, but not going to be up testing the leaders at 1500 metres when the idea is to just make sure that we're strong late over the trip. Alright, the first of the quaddy legs is the Silver Eagle over the 1300 metres and we've lost our designated leader here, How Womantic, uh, who stays down in Melbourne, I believe. What does that mean for this map? It looks a little bit tricky. Very confusing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would have much preferred how Womantic go round, but they've opted to run down at home at Caulfield on the big day. Uh, it could lead the option for Alligator Blood to take it up. We did see uh, in a, the Melbourne runs last prep, small fields without much speed, was able to take up the lead over 1,400 and win the CS Hayes. Uh, potentially Alligator Blood, but did begin a bit awkwardly first up there at Doombin, albeit 1,100 metres. Uh, does it mean Chuck goes forward potentially? Went back off the wide draw there at Canterbury, drew 10 of 10 and was successful over the 1100. All of his 1400 metre forms been on pace. I've mapped Dawn Passage initially midfield from a tricky draw. Dawn Passage isn't your typical Waterhouse bot leader, but now the door probably is open to really spear forward and get on speed. 
Uh, even potentially a horse that I've got mapped all the way back in split. We've seen her take up positions in the past. So it becomes a really, really complicated map. I don't want to push one way or the other because it's, it's going to be a, a, a wide open, not, not a betting affair, essentially wide open in the market, but wide open what the tactics are early. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on Fleet because she's a curious one. They look like there was a bit of intent about how they trialled her uh, since we've seen her last run, which was four weeks ago. I don't know if that's a, a little sneaky sign that they want to ride her with a little bit more intent and put her into the race. As you say, she has been thereabouts before, so certainly Absolutely. monitor any change of tactics with those runners. For sure, it's a question mark flip, and obviously with Rachel King going on, there might be some real intent to go forward, and the race opens up enormous with your designated leader coming out, so uh, it, it's very tricky, and then you say, well, who's going to get back in the race? There's no real dead set back markers either. It's, it's one of the more intriguing races that you'll see from a map point of view, and the fact that it's uh, all the, the top liners, so to speak, as well, makes it more difficult. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with Alligator Blood, because David Van Dyke is... He came out, I think it was the back end of last prep, and was pretty much suggesting that he's a better horse, he thinks, with a sit. But we saw him win some big races from the front. It's whether they want to push the button here, or maybe they wait for three weeks' time, Golden Eagle, Grand Final, and then they potentially push the button and go forward. So that'll be interesting with him. For sure. Or is there an uh, idea there that could be the quick backup next week into a 1,200-meter race worth about a dozen million? Mm, there you go. You heard it here so, first. Well, I'm just... There's obviously a couple of slots there that the, the door's still ajar. Um, gee, if he was impressive tomorrow, you, you'd definitely ask the question, wouldn't you? 100%. Yeah, the the horse is being bandied about at the moment as far as the, the ones for that Chris Wallace slot. I think dirty work was mentioned, but whether he'd back up, given he's already in Melbourne, probably seems unlikely. And then you've got two three-year-olds in Doubtland and, and Wild Ruler. Apparently Team Wild Ruler uh, wouldn't mind running him in the race, and we saw a three-year-old win it last year. So if he's impressive in that Roman console, all of a sudden I guess he becomes a serious candidate. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know Alligator Blood well enough to know if Alligator Blood's ever backed up within seven days. But um, David Van Dyke's a very master trainer we've seen in recent times. So I wouldn't put it out of the um, equation, that's for sure. Okay, race seven is your group one of the day, the spring champion stakes, 2,000 metres. Uh, I imagine Team Love Tap would have groaned uh, when they first saw this barrier draw. However, it doesn't look too bad, does it? I think you can get across. I think you'll get across, but I think they're going to have to spend some tickets early to get there. So okay. that should set up an above-average fast tempo. Uh, crossing over with Love Tap will have Street Dancer. Uh, a little bit more pressure possibly coming from Socrates and uh, Bucharest drawn down low. Probably once they do find their spots, they might ease up a little bit, but I do think they'll they'll motor a little bit early. We have got that early change of tactics came through from uh, Mark Newman. He's going to ride Mirror Vale, or Josh Parr, in fact, is going to ride it. A little bit more conservative today from the wide drawer and intention to find cover. So we did see Mirror Vale up on the speed last week in the flight. Today, going to be ridden a little bit more conservatively. The two others hard in the market are the flight stakes winner, Montefilia. She's drawn barrier one, so you can't imagine her being too far away. She's not a horse that's going to use that gate to be right there, but probably somewhere midfield. Uh, and Cherry Tortoni, uh, how, how do we line this horse up as far as where he's likely to settle? Well, 2,000 metres, we haven't seen Cherry Tortoni at, at 2,000 yet. Also very rare that uh, he's been able to draw a good gate. 
sale on debut, went right back from barrier 10, then came to Flemington and had many straws uh, in those two successes over 1,400, 1,600. I think definitely can hold a spot midfield and um, is, is going to be pretty well suited here. Is the one that you've stamped a long time ago is when you get to 2,000 metres, look out. That would be my way of looking at it. For punters who are keen on the chances of love tap, you can see that there's an, a fast early tempo here likely to get across. However, looking at this, the way that these horses fall in behind, is there a chance that they can drop the anchor, get a bit of a breather and still give themselves a chance on top of the speed? Oh, I think so. I, I wouldn't be uh, bagging the on paces here by any means. I think that, yes, we'll have to do some work to get across. And Nash is great at that. When he shows a bit of intent, everyone really takes notice and he should be able to find his way across. And then they, they, it, it should be genuine, but it's not going to be a drive-you-into-the-ground type tempo, uh, which we see later on in the uh, last race on the program. Yeah, it's interesting listening to you when you go through this, and pundits out there will certainly pick this up too, but you place a lot of credence on the jockeys in terms of those that are naturally aggressive, those that are a bit more passive. And I find with Nash, he's a gun hoop regardless of the circumstances, but when Nash is in aggressive mode, that seems to be when he rides at his absolute best. I'd agree with you 100%, and I think speed maps and particularly in Sydney racing, uh, jockeys are critical. Jockeys and trainers, like uh, we all know that when Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott draw, regardless of the intention, nearly 99 times out of 100 to go home, go forward. Uh, we, we know sort of Chris Waller, how he operates. Um, the, the coming stable is tactically incredible. Uh, so you have a reasonable idea based on those factors how a map's going to work out. All right, skipping across now to the Yanks Stakes, which is race eight. This is one of those typically even mares races, as the market does suggest. So often we see these horses. In terms of the winner, it's just simply the horse with the run of the race. Uh, so what's that going to be here? Uh, look, it's going to be a really, really strong tempo. Wide draw, graceful, glamour, shout the bar. I think Missy Bill it has to be positive from the wide draw. Positive piece might just fall in behind them. She's racing that little bit more conservatively without being ridden cold. Uh, but in two runs back, hasn't been right up on the speed as we saw back in the autumn. I thought if she could tuck in running third, fourth, fifth, just behind the leading lot, is probably the Johnny on the spot, so to speak, that will just be right there, right place, right time, and suited by the setup here. Uh, I thought House of Cartier's a one that can land a lot closer. Uh, we did see when uh, House of Cartier got to 2,000 metres was able to take up a position, but good draw here, I, I thought, could hold a spot off pace. Asiago midfield, and so too Emeralds. Emeralds is going to get a hell of a lot of favours here in the run. So that, they were the ones I thought, from a map point of view, landed in really great spots. Scarlet Dream really caught the eye first up. We know that she's a, a bone-dry tracker. She needs a, a rattling under her hooves for her to run up to her best. She's drawn barrier two. Is there any chance at all that... She can find herself a little bit closer, or is she just simply a backmarker, and that's her pattern? Yeah, I couldn't map her any closer to midfield, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, Savakul comes out, who I've mapped ahead of Scarlet Dream on my map, so you can slide aboard one pair, but I wouldn't have thought any closer than in that last half a dozen. It's pretty well where she does most of her work. All right, and we know that Graceful Glamour, she, her, her pattern is pretty much handlebars down. Uh, she didn't lead there when she went down to Melbourne last start, and Mark Newnham since come out and said, well, once she doesn't lead, she generally doesn't win because she's a bit of a control freak. 
Absolutely, and uh, Rachel King's had incredible success on Graceful Glamour, a, a, a great front-running rider, and uh, Nash jumps aboard for the first time, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so he's gone there with the, the, the on-speed leading style rider. Uh, I think Tim Clark's another that's one on Graceful Glamour, so bang, 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 there's your three riders, and uh, that's the style of rider that suits this man. Before we move on to the last, just a quick word on All Saints Eve. Uh, it was a cracking ride there from James McDonald to get her home in the Tibby, was it? Or maybe it was the wild yeah. feature. It was certainly yeah, one of them. Yeah, Tibby at Newcastle. Yes, he's going to have to be equally, if not better, from this very sticky draw. Go right out the back and uh, the speed on, get to the outside. That's about the only play, it seems. Uh, look, she has posied up closer in the past, but I would say here, go all the way back and, yeah, just the, the speed will be there, so... That won't be an issue. It's just a matter of how big of a start All Saints Eve has to give. Yeah, just hopefully get a, some kind of cart into the race, maybe a three-wide running line, and that'll give her her chance. All right, race nine. Now, we were talking before we, we came on to this show. You've got this as a fast early tempo. However, if there was another bracket above that, you'd probably use it because they are not going to muck around in this. No, uh, brutal probably springs to mind. <laughs> on face yeah. Uh, especially again, it, it's drawn wide as well. Uh, off the lead, it's bothered, drawn the closest in seven. Mr. Massey goes forward, iconic star, Sewell Sport. Uh, blazing mismatched motors with the very fast Space Boy in a recent trial, and actually beat Space Boy in that trial, which is near on impossible to beat Space Boy at the trial, so that's worth noting. Um, so I expect Blazing Miss right there. Miss Invincible's another speedy one, so. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, the fastest tempo we'll see of the day and a very, very, very intriguing race based on that. Yeah, so if you're looking at backing something here, I uh, wouldn't be too shy in terms of finding something that maybe just settles in behind, a superior or a plaquette or even a human nature. Even though drawn wide, we'll let this speed go and, and certainly be flooding home at the finish. For sure. It was a really good return down in Mooney Valley over the 950 metres, uh, human nature last time. Superior comes here fresh. I think on top of the ground we're going to see a very different superior than what we saw um, during that winter spell there. Mind you, wasn't going bad. Ran third to Adelong, uh, fourth to Adelong, so the form's all well and good. But I'm pretty sure on top of the ground a completely different superior. And I think Joe Pride's got a really, really strong opinion of Rory Hutchings as a rider and his strength and really likes using him when possible. So... He probably was pleasantly surprised to run in this race and get 59 and say, well, let's put Rory on. We've got the chance to. He seems to have a really hold Rory in high regard. All right, that'll see us out. Hopefully there's a few little bits and pieces there that can push the punters into a winner. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Thank you very much for having me, and we'll be back uh, next week to preview the big Everest Kosciuszko meeting.